And welcome back to another episode of the 8 Tracks, Cassettes, and Stereos podcast. This is episode 27. As always, you can find the 8 Tracks, Cassettes, and Stereos podcast every other Friday on both Spotify and Apple Podcast for all our uh, Apple folks out there. And if you're on the old Instagram, make sure you give us a like, subscribe, share, follow at the handle 8 Tracks cassettes stereos my name is nick what's up guys it's mike we got steve in the studio again tonight hopefully he doesn't overstay his welcome boys are buzzing boys are buzzing on a uh recording on a tuesday night here in uh preparation for our friday episode drop here and uh i'm back in chicago i uh i was in kc for the last week doing a little cross-country traveling visiting visiting the fam i uh, seen Kalen's mom and, and the rest of the uh, the Walsh clan out in Lawrence, Kansas, and in KC. And uh, naturally, wanted to get it kicked off here by going on a little bit of a tangent about my new favorite record store. Talked about it before on the old pod here before, but want to give a special shout out to the Love Garden in Lawrence, Kansas. Great little record store on campus. Every time I go in there, I find something good. It's a real hidden gem of the country. If you're ever passing through Lawrence, Kansas, make sure you stop by the Love Garden, get pay them a visit. The reason I bring it up is because I found another gem there, as I normally do, and uh, it's a biggie. Never thought I would see it in a store ever. I don't think I've ever seen an original in a store either, uh, but not to bear the lead anymore. It's the Beach Boys Pet Sounds. Found, oh. it for tw- found it for 25 bones in great shape. And gave it a listen already when I got home. She sounds perfect. Not a lot of background noise. Worth every penny. And like I said, it was my first time seeing it in a store. Never thought I would see one again. And honestly, didn't really know that much about it. And wanted to go on a uh, little bit of a mini vinyl history on Pet Sounds. But any uh, any thoughts on Pet Sounds, the album, etc. Before I uh, go on a little bit of a side tangent here. I've been trying to find it. No luck. No luck at all. It, apparently, it must be very rare because I've never seen one in a store before. And like I said, I've seen I, new releases of it, but I've never seen an, like an original. Yeah, like the remastered ones. I've seen those yeah. before, but never an OG. So, yeah, when I naturally when I saw it, I, I knew I had to buy it, knew I had to pick it up. And I guess to go on a little bit of a tangent, like I said, c- about the album, because like I said, I, I really didn't know that much about it. I just you know, you it's an album you commonly see it like the top of the mm-hmm. Rolling Stone, you know, album list, you know, widely regarded as one of the greatest albums of all time. And I was always like, yeah, it's got a couple of bangers on it, a couple of Beach Boys jams, but like didn't really know that much about it. And so I started doing a little research while I was listening to it the other night. Um, it is, like I said, highly regarded as one of the greatest albums of all time, contains Hits such as God Only Knows, Sloop John B., and Wouldn't It Be Nice. And when Brian Wilson was producing it, writing a lot of the songs, his goal and like the one-liner that's commonly thrown out there is that he was set out to create the greatest rock album ever made. Um, and when you start doing a little bit of a deep dive on the album itself, it's somewhat of a concept album, some have said. Um, dealing with a lot of like semi-autobiographical songs and uh, about like Brian Wilson, about like social alienation and 
when you really compartmentalize it, it's the band's first dive, like deep dive uh, outside of like beach music. Like obviously, yeah. you know, Beach Boys, we know them a lot from songs like Surf and Safari and songs about surfing and the beach and, and whatnot. But, you know, a lot of this, the the lyrics and like the themes of the songs on this one are a lot more mature and not really, you know, about grabbing your gal and heading down to the uh, to the sunny shore and 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 all that stuff. Um, the album also incorporates a lot of pop, jazz, and like avant-garde type of music, as well as like progressive pop rock. And so, like, like I said, didn't know a lot about the album if I if you haven't figured it out already. Um, and after giving it a listen, I honestly can say that yes, it's an amazing album. Is it my favorite album? I don't think so. And for me, knowing that it's compared after listening to it in its totality and knowing that it's like widely compared to like Sgt. Pepper's and like the Beatles wrote Sgt. Pepper's as like a come as like a no, not like a clap back or like it was more in response to the Beach Boys releasing Pet Sounds. Like it's it's hard for me to really understand why the two albums are paired one to one like and maybe that's really all that it is is that like the beatles acknowledged that they were trying to make a a better album than the the beach boys pet sounds and really that's all there is to it but for me like i don't know what you think but it's hard for me to wrap my head around why it's consistently rated like one of the top five greatest albums of all time it's good but is it like one of the greatest of all time i don't know i think it is you have to just watch there's a uh I forgot the Paul Dano movie with uh, John Cusack. It's all about the making of this album. And he did it himself. He did it all by himself. Brian Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. And like Mike Love was like kind of being a turd Ferguson about it. And he's like, oh, like these songs are kind of buns. But I think it's because he was able to like, okay, personnel wise, there's sleigh bells there's an accordion there's plastic juice cups there's flutes there's clarinets there's 12 string guitars there's harpsichords clarinets another accordion person french horn upright bass there's cello violin viola like there's so many different things going on and he was the one that brian wilson was the one that uh composed the whole album on his own and the the band had like no idea what was going on and he just came up with it just out of his head yeah that was and the one started, thing i did realize going crazy research. though yeah like he he i think he has schizophrenia yeah and um this is when like i feel like a lot of that stuff was really starting to set into based on what yeah. i was reading like he started taking hiatuses from touring and he wasn't like going on any of the uh, going and like playing in any of the shows with the rest of the band and like his brother was in his brothers are in the band and they were like what what the hell's going on here brian and he's just like i'm done i'm done with that stuff like i want to i want to go into the studio and make amazing music like that i don't want to be on the road anymore and then that's really when like the social alienation stuff started happening do you know who sings on god only knows like as a background singer, like no, a backing singer. Which one sings lead vocals? Oh, it's it's Carl's song. Yeah. Carl Wilson, my boy. Yeah, but R. it's R. when Glenn, Glenn Campbell stepped in and started doing stuff with the band. 
All I got to say is I may not always love you, but as long as there are stars above you, baby. We straight jam. But yeah, it's for me, like, I think the album itself, like when you take a step back, like, and you say all of that stuff, it, it makes more sense and resonates for me. Yeah, it's like, so like big. When I'm listening to the music, though, like, and then I put on Sgt. Pepper's right after that. And oh, listen it's to bonkers. That. It's such a difference. Oh, it's a huge difference, yeah. Sgt. Pepper's is completely different. There's yeah. so many things going on in Sgt. Pepper's. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I like the big ones, Sloop John B, God, God Only Knows. Can't go wrong with those. Wouldn't it be nice? Unbelievable. But, like, the other songs kind of slip away. Yeah. But I think it's more of like what's going on in the other songs. Like they're not, they're not like commercial songs. Like it's more right. like in experimentation and stuff. And yeah, I think that's probably why now that I think about it, that it's so highly rated. So sorry if there's any huge Beach Boys Pet Sounds fans out there, and I was just shitting on your favorite okay, album. It's a suggestion. It's just a suggestion. That's right. Yeah. So. But yeah, that's my mini side tangent, I guess, on Pet Sounds. Overall, very happy I added it to the collection. It's, a, it's an all-time classic. And TBH, that's really all I've been up to the last couple of weeks. I've been working like a dog. Like I said, traveling to Kansas, helping out the fam, visiting the fam, which was great. But travel, working probably like 60 hours the last couple of weeks was pretty tough on the old body. So um, just been trying to get through through the days and, and whatnot. I've been listening to a lot of tunes, which we'll get into. And, you know, we'll uh, we'll save that for later, but may or may not have a new segment for the folks here. But like I said, we'll get to that a little later. But yeah, I, I figured I could kick it over to you for your favorite segment. Tell me what well, you've been up to, guy. Starting off, I think I killed the rats. I think the rats are gone, man. Finally. There's no more pack rats living in my backyard. Um, no more freeloaders. No more freeloaders. No more droppings. I I stepped on a rat trap though a couple days ago. That's tough. I, I was wearing my sandals, but luckily my toes were curled and it snapped on my knuckle. That's and good. It didn't actually snap all the way down. It caught on the front of the sandal, but you know. You, you, you gotta get a taste of your own medicine to understand what the rats are going through the but, rats don't run your backyard you do yeah i'm glad glad the war is over um i wouldn't say we made peace but i definitely won yeah you established your dominance over the yeah. pack rats of uh southern tucson so yep. boy. Yeah, so that, was, that was nice uh had, had the parents in town um they leave Tomorrow is the last night, our recording night, so I'm heading out to dinner right when we're done. Um, got to flip on Rio Bravo. Haven't watched that movie in a while. Definitely one Classic of my favorite. Classic cowboy flick. Oh, and it features the one and only Dean Martin, Ricky Nelson. Um, what a great movie. Just a great, great film. Great um, film. About... I'm- yeah. I'm more of a fan of El Dorado, but Rio Bravo is also a great flick. So I, El, Rio Bravo is a repeat, though. Or El Dorado is the the remake. I know. I don't I, know. I I'm like more Rio of an Bravo. El Dorado guy. So, but that's not to take away. It's a great flick. So yeah, great, great movie. Well, I think I think we're gonna like today's 
on this day in music, 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 history, uh, we have February 2nd. That's the day this um, this episode's coming out. Uh, I think you guys are going to like this. This is a good one. February 2nd, 1959, the day before the day the music died. Oh, boy. Yeah, Richie Valens, Buddy Holly, the Big Bopper, all appeared at the Surf Ballroom. This was the last night they performed. R.I.P. Never all forget. Act, last ever gig before being killed in the plane crash. Um, the plane crash is talked about in the song American Pie by Don McLean. The day the music died. Uh, February 2nd, 1962, the Beatles played their first professionally organized gig. They started off with their version of Hippie Hippie Shake at the Oasis Club. Oh, so mama. A good one so far. And that's a banger we all know and love, no doubt. Uh-huh. <clears throat> um, we got 1969, my favorite, John Lennon, not... And Yoko Ono got divorced. Oh, no, sorry. I read this wrong. Rats. Yoko divorced her husband only to marry John Lennon the next month. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Rascals. Uh, we got uh, 76, February 2nd, 76. Genesis released A Trick of the Tale, their seventh studio album. And the first one to feature Phil Collins. As a lead singer, if you remember a couple episodes ago when we talked about Genesis, uh, Peter Gabriel used to be the lead singer for their first six albums, and uh, he left with creative differences, started going solo. Phil Collins took over for that tour uh, after Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, and then Trick of a Tale kicks off the Phil Collins era, uh, which is where they're more commercially successful. Um, Good album. I have it. It's very enjoyable. But, you know, it's all acquired tastes. Just 79, a it, Just a suggestion, of course. But you got to be into that kind of music. Like, if you're not into prog rock, it's just like. It doesn't like really, really do anything for you. I started, yeah. getting into, uh, I started getting into, like, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer this year. And um, Cream Crimson. And it's just like, you got to be into random crap. If you're not into it, if you just want, like, a quick two-minute song, then. It's not worth it, but it's also like I think Genesis is a good way to branch into that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's the yeah. gateway drug to prog rock. I I think actually I think Pink Floyd is if I'm being honest with this one. I could see then that. Genesis and then go through it. I can see that. I can see yeah. that. Okay, we got 1979. Sid Vicious of the Sex Pistols dies of a heroin overdose. Don't do heroin, kids. Yeah. Rust and spaghetti, never forget yeah. it. Unbelievable. Um, there's a lot on this website. I skip a lot of these. I want the people to hear the good stuff. Yeah, we don't care about lawsuits or you know. Yeah, a bunch, bunch of lawsuits. Blonde, something about Blondie. Something about Marilyn Manson. Oh boy, Marilyn Manson. Um. <laughs> uh, okay. Born on this day. The one and only Graham Nash, Ross Valerie, Shakira, Hips Don't Lie, Baby. But that's it. I think that was an interesting one. The first couple were were pretty pretty important for the day uh, the music, music died. Huge. That's a huge one. We were one day off on that one. I know. But honestly, though, I think that 
you could say, okay, like that, whatever, like that's kind of more important because that's the last day they all played together. Last day that everyone got to hear them. Absolutely. Yeah. And then what, what a better time to watch Rio Bravo with Ricky Nelson dying young in 1985 from a plane never, accident. Crazy never time. Forget. Yeah. Never forget what could have been in their careers. Yeah. Well, solid on this day segment. Big fan of that one. You d- you definitely lived up to the hype. Put it that way. You gassed it up one. and you delivered. So, at a boy. And I guess with that, if you got nothing else, I think we could probably transition into our first Vinyl Friday recap. And if you've been following the social pages, we've been pumping out the heaters recently, oh, and we're not slowing down this this week. Not to oh, tease this one, right. but. We got a couple of yeah, good ones for the folks here. It's over time to try and get us some some fun facts and a oh, try boy, and get us some album suggestions. He's been working hard, eighty hour work days. Just I drop him off. I don't pick him up until like ten o'clock. He's a tired bug. He's burning the midnight oil. At a boy, Steve. He's a, he's a bomb. He's got to get up off the couch and start working. He's just he just lays there. I'm glad he got you some factoids for this episode though, and I guess not oh. to bury the lead anymore. We could kick it off here with The Eagles, Hotel California. Massive album, which we'll get into in a sec here. Um, But to give a couple of quick hidden facts, Hotel California hit store shelves just before Christmas in December of 1976, celebrating a semi-recent anniversary. And honestly, when this album came out, I think The Eagles were peaking. And with this, the release of this album, as I usually do say, they were hit a rocket ship to the moon. Like, this is arguably one of the greatest albums of all time. I think can be said the greatest album of the 70s, maybe. Maybe. It's on the Mount Rushmore. Did, that, did any of us put it in our draft, though, of the 70s? I, I had it on my list. I had it on my list of honorable mentions for the 70s. I know there's a lot of albums, obviously, to choose from. But when we get into this, I think you'll understand why this one's so highly regarded. Um, so with the release of this album... This was the first Eagles record to feature the wild man, new lead guitarist Joe Walsh, uh, added to their already all-star lineup. The band was on a rocket ship to the moon, as I mentioned, coming off of a highly successful 1975 album titled One of These Nights, which is I'm pretty sure is a pre-8-tracks era Vinyl Friday, one of my favorites of all time. But really with this album, like the band just took it to another level. Hotel California contains hits such as the title track, Life in the Fast Lane, Victim of Love, and Wasted Time. And to just rattle off a couple of accolades here, 26 times platinum, three singles charted in the top 100, and commonly re- referred to as one of the greatest albums of the 70s, as I mentioned. So I have a couple other stories about this album. Uh, maybe you'll steal some of them, but I figured I could turn turn the mic over to you to uh, give the fans your thoughts on Hotel California. Well, I'll, I I know what story you're gonna tell, and I'll I'll let you share it for Victim of Love. Um, I can't steal that because I know you're about to say it. <laughs> but I, this is one of my first albums I bought, and it's so fun. You look at the outside, and there's stories. There's you can see like ghosts in the window of the building. Um, it's just a cool album to visualize. And the songs are great. Wasted Time, Life in the Fast Lane, Victim of Love, Hotel California. Like, how could you not say that one first? Um, it's the epicenter, the epitome of 70s rock. 
New Kid in Town, Wasted Time Part 2, unbelievable experience. Uh, you gotta get it. This is not a suggestion. This is a force. Must have. Like, if you don't have it, I don't even know. If you've never heard of it, I don't know what to tell you. You must be living under a rock. You must be living under a pile of glaciers waiting to melt. Just taught about glaciers today, so. boy, it's, it's on top of the mind. It's on top of the mind. Yeah, I, it's fantastic. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess the story you were referring to that I wanted to get into was, I have two, actually. Um, one is about uh, little, maybe a little bit more of a deep cut Eagles album uh, in Victim of Love, but... I'll actually get it kicked off here with uh, a short story about life in the fast lane, which we teased this one or alluded to it on the Instagram post about this album a couple weeks ago. But um, the song actually started off as just Joe Walsh's like oh, warm up for yeah. like before they started recording, he would just do this little like syncopation and like warm up on uh, on the guitar. And the first time after hearing it a couple times, Glenn Fry was like, "Whoa, we got to make this a song. Role player. Yeah. And uh, the the themes of the song and the lyrics chronicle the story of a couple on a reckless night in L.A. in their car, speeding through the streets, looking for drugs, getting into trouble. Just a classic, uh, not to use the same word again, but just a classic, classic rock song. It has all the themes that you want in a stereotypical rock song. Um, It's definitely one of my favorites. Glad we got to feature it on the post here. Um, And definitely an all-time hit Eagles song. And then with Victim of Love, so the Eagles, with like I said, released this album. They have Joe Walsh in the band now, but their other guitarist, you know, he can hold his own too. And Don Fingers Felder, and uh, Fingers, he wanted a little bit more songwriting time. He wanted to be, he wanted a song of his to be featured, since you know, ninety percent of the songs on Eagles records were either written by Don Henley or Glenn Fry or co-writing by the two of them. And uh, so he he wrote the song Victim of Love, and they were trying it out in the studio. They were trying it out, and he really wanted to sing it because it was his song. And, you know, if you know the Eagles, not many songs lead sang by by Old Fingers here, but he was insistent that... Any songs are so... No, no. I don't think there's one that I could think of off the top of my head as... uh, but he really wanted to sing this one because he wrote it and it's a banger. It's a great song. And, uh, but it it really wasn't jiving in the studio and, uh, the band left for the night and, uh, old Don Henley came back and recorded the vocals dinner or lunch or something. Yeah. They, they took him out and Don Henley recorded the vocals for it and, uh, overwrote all of, uh, old fingers, Don fingers, father's lyrics. And, uh, Arguably, that's probably one of the reasons why he and why like a lot of the infighting started between him and Don Henley and, and Glenn Fry was because he was so pissed off about the fact that they overrode his uh, his vocals on this song. You know, but there was a lot of infighting. A lot of there was a lot of infighting. No, said, you know where else there was a lot of infighting? Where? Due to creative dis- uh, differences. Genesis. Lo- love handle. <laughs> OK, I'm, I'm just going to glaze right <laughs> over that one. Um, but yeah, just a classic Eagles song. I know I overuse that word probably, but it, it's just a truly a banger. And honestly, when you close your eyes and you listen to Victim of Love, I I really can't picture it being sung by anyone besides Don Henley. Wow. And 
you know, maybe it started a lot of infighting and led to the downfall of the band at the end. But, you know, as a fan, I'm very happy that Don decided to uh, to, re- to have his own uh, track and, and overwrite Old Fingers here. So what is yeah. your favorite song on the album not named Hotel California? Yeah, definitely Life in the Fast Lane. Just that opening oh. guitar riff of it's the third song in the album and you just hear like it's just dead silent. You just hear Joe Walsh just pumping that out there and it's just and it just picks up steam from there. And like when you're listening to the song, like I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it, but you feel like you're in a car speeding down the the California highway. And that's why I think it's such a great rock song pop song however you want to put it is because like it puts you in that feeling in that space when you're listening to it hearing the lyrics and singing it so um yeah i mean hotel california i could talk about that a little bit too i know it's one of your favorite songs maybe i'll turn it over to you to uh, do a little bit of a deep dive on the title track here but curious as to your favorite song i guess outside of the title track wasted time that's a good one too i love the, the wasted piano. time you know who's playing piano on that song, right? Old Glenn Fry. He uh, he tickled the ivories. Oh, yeah. So yeah, very versatile musician. A lot of people just know him for his singing and his uh, guitar playing, but he could tickle the ivories with the best of them. Yeah. Uh, so it's like Hotel California. It's it's a story. The whole lyrics are are a total story about being at this hotel. Like it's about addiction. It's about you know being in Hollywood and how you, you enter the hotel, but you could really never leave. Do, do, did that. That was good. That was good. <laughs> um, nah, I, the lyrics are beautiful. <clears throat> Starts off with the old 12 string, uh, iconic introduction. And then it picks up steam. And then, Right after mirror, right before mirrors on the ceiling, the pink champagne on ice. They slow it down right there yeah, too. Yeah, they slow it right back down, and then, uh, you could check out any time you like, but you can never leave. And then they get into the two-headed monster of a guitar solo, and if you watch that live show from from DC, they're just going at it back and forth, trying to trying to outdo challenge. one another. Yeah just amazing and joe walsh is wearing a u of i sweater too which yeah makes it shout better. out it shout out illinois shout yeah. out u of i um yeah. but yeah in writing that song you you really highlighted the guitar solo there after they got joe walsh in and for background too like joe walsh he was already a big name and, yeah. and he would tour with them and they would like roll him out on stage in a uh in like an amp box and then they would open it up and he would play like rocky mountain wave and like James gang songs. And so when they got him into the band, they were like, we need to write a song where him and fingers are, are just dueling guitars. Like we have two amazing guitar players in the band. We need a song that highlights them. And I think they probably wrote just about as perfect of a song as they could have gotten on this one. So it's a real treat needless to say. And like I said, if you haven't heard about, if you haven't heard the song or uh or the album overall you've, you've probably been living under a rock for the last you know 50 60 years so yeah it's a must-have not a not a suggestion this is a must-have so and yeah. honestly I, I feel like you may 
think the same way, but like Hotel California is a song I feel like that comes and goes for me. Like sometimes it's just so overplayed and I don't want to hear it anymore. And like if it comes on the radio, I skip it right now. And in the last like year or so, every time it comes on or I hear it or it comes on a playlist, shuffles on my Spotify, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not skipping because it's hitting hard right now. So glad we finally got to feature the uh, feature the album, Neil's to say. So if you can't tell, we're big fans, big fans here. So. All right. Uh, shall we uh, transition into our next recap? If you don't have any uh, parting shots for the Eagles. Yes, sir. Word. All right. Transitioning into our next Vinyl Friday recap. We got another biggie. Like I said, we weren't slowing down coming into 2024. We're, uh, we're kicking in the front door and bringing you guys some heaters. So in case you missed it, this past week we featured all-time smash hit Glass Houses by Billy Joel. So to give a couple of uh, quick hint facts here. Glass Houses hit store shelves in March 1980. So coming up on an anniversary here in the next couple of months. And uh, similar to how the Eagles released Hotel California when they were already riding high, when Billy released Glass Houses in 1980, he was riding an all-time heater. Uh, So he was piggybacking on the success of both The Stranger, arguably maybe his biggest album. That's another huge album of the 70s that I could say could rival Mm -hmm. Hotel California and also 52nd Street. Another great album in the late 70s for Billy. And really, he was, in my opinion, when I listen to this album, he was able to take his classic sound and like the success that he had drawn from those two albums and adapt it to like the changing musical style of the late 70s and early 80s to just write like the perfect pop album, really. Um, And the album contains a lot of massive Billy Joel hits, including You May Be Right, Still Rock and Roll to Me, and Don't Ask Me Why. Uh, It also features a uh, personal favorite deep cut of mine, which is Sleeping with the Television On. I had never heard the song before, and then I bought the album a number of years ago, and I heard it for the first time. I'm like, how is this song not get more attention? It's a bop. Um, I've, I have a bunch of other stories and accolades and stuff on here, but figured I'd kick it over to you to get your, uh, initial thoughts on glass houses. Uh, I mean, I like the stranger. Hey, play someone from the stranger, but strictly pretty good too. Like this is eighties, Joel. You may be right. Don't ask me why one of the lyrics and don't ask me why he just keeps saying, don't ask me why, but eventually he says, don't ax like an axe chopping wood don't ask me why so that was kind of fun i was listening to serious radio when they shared that little fun fact that's cool i never picked up on that yeah but i think like you said it's a perfect pop album i think all the songs are enjoyable to listen to oh yeah um and when you think billy joel you you those are three songs that definitely come to mind and they start the album off pretty well yeah couple of other good deep cuts, All for Lena and Sometimes a Fantasy. Two songs on the A-side that are straight bops, in my opinion. So, As I need to get more into Billy Joel. I mean, outside of, um, like, I mean, even with Turnstiles. Like, I just know New York State of Mind. Great song. But then The Stranger, I know, 52nd Street just the major song Zanzibar my life big shot but he's one that I need to branch out and get more into 
His deep cuts are awesome. Yeah, outside of the big stuff, I don't really know much. Yeah. I would say once you get past that, like, tip of the iceberg with him and you start diving into the deep cuts more, I think that's where you start to appreciate him a lot more as an artist. Not that you probably don't appreciate him already, but you listen to some of the deep cuts, like I said, like sleeping with the television on, and you're like, wow, this guy really knows how to write a an absolute yeah. William McJam burger of a song. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm a big fan of this album. A um, couple of other cool factoids. You know, we just were talking about The Stranger, 52nd Street, where the uh, predecessors to this one. This album actually is uh, the first record that he released that featured a number one hit. And that's still rock and roll to me. So think about all those amazing songs that he had written before, like Piano Man, uh, like Vienna, Scenes yeah. from Italian Restaurant, Moving Out. Uh, all of those songs on The Stranger, Stiletto, you know, Big Shot, none of those are number one hits. And then he releases this album and the single Still Rock and Roll to Me, and that's his first number one hit. Yeah. Um, Glass House is also his first Grammy win uh, as an artist. And uh, it's his first album to top both the pop and general Billboard charts as well. So. A lot of firsts for uh, for Joel on this one. It's easy to see why I think when you start listening to the uh, to the songs itself. Um, another cool thing about you may be right. So album called Glass Houses. If you listen to the opening of the song, it starts off with glass shattering, and that's oh, yeah. said to be like him like kicking in the door of this of the album, like the glass shattering, and then it just goes right into you may be right. Kind of cool. Um, and then another cool thing about this album as well is that this was the last Billy Joel album to feature the Billy Joel band. So like Liberty DeVito and the boys were not uh, featured anymore in any of his studio albums. So a jerk. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they would tour together still in the future. And I think Liberty DeVito might still play with him. I'm, I thought can't I saw something recently. Can't confirm that, but I know they're good pals and stuff still to this day. But yeah, they made amends. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, exactly. And like he he definitely changed his musical style a lot after this album overall. Um, you know, so this was kind of like the end of an era for him of like the seven his run in the throughout the 70s and early 80s. You know, after this one, he starts releasing like The Innocent Man, Stormfront, um. The Nylon Curtain, Songs in the Attic, like definitely going a little bit more like outside the box in terms of his musical style. So it's kind of a milestone, like watershed moment for him, too, as well. So find that interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, another cool thing about that, this album, specifically the one that I own, it's a promotional album, meaning that like it wasn't something that it wasn't a copy of the album that was sold in stores. Like the record company had this album and they would like take it around to like radio stations and stuff to like advertise the album. Like it even says on the back, there's like a stamp on it that says like not for resale, like promotional use only, which I think is kind of cool. So, yeah. Yeah. And the back of the album is him looking through like a window that has like a hole in it, like shattered glass, too. So just full circle on the glass and the uh, with the album title and the album cover as well. So. Any uh, parting shots for, for old Billy here? He's coming yeah. to Chicago this summer with Stevie Nicks. I know you're not a huge Stevie Nicks fan, but you could see him at yeah. Soldier Field if you want. I'm okay. I think it might. It might have to pull the trigger. 
never know. But, okay, I think we could transition into our new segment. Did you say new segment alert here? Uh, like i said the last episode if you're paying attention at the end we've been workshopping some new segments to start off the new year here you know pumping out some big vinyl fridays figured we'd also start pumping out some fun new segments and feel like we were talking about this on the phone before we started recording feel like this was maybe like an unofficial segment that we would do every week but we figured we would just formalize it uh, and do a little bit more long-form discussion on it. And I guess not to bury the lead anymore, but this new segment we're, uh, we're calling is Hot in the Streets. Boy! Um, and, we're <laughs> in, and me and Mike will uh, we'll share some, some music that we've been uh, specifically hooked on recently. And uh, music that has been yes. on top of mind for both of us over the last couple of weeks. And we'll try and mix this in every once in a while, you know. Sometimes we'll just be listening to the same stuff for a long time and it does, it's not really relevant to talk about, but figure for the first one here, I'd, I'd kick it off here and in gen, because it's very topical, you know, we were talking about live albums uh, a lot recently. We've been with uh, Peter Frampton comes alive. We talked about all the uh, tours that are be, that are going to be coming up last episode. And as such, I've been doing a deep dive on live music. You know, on my trip to KC when I wasn't listening to Illini basketball games and mashing the steering wheel, getting mad over Illinois, I've been uh, I was listening to a lot of live albums um, and just getting into live music in general. And I think that, you know, Kalen always calls me out on this, but in the past, I was never a huge fan of live music. But over the last couple of years, I've started to have greater appreciation for it. I think going to concerts obviously like helps with that. But I've just been going back and listening to yeah. live albums a lot recently. So the ones I've listened to uh, over the last couple of weeks was and one that the first one I'll kick it off with here celebrated a recent anniversary. Those are usually my favorite, but it's uh, Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds live at Luther College. Very cool album. We've touched on it before on the show here but it was really early in, in Dave's career and he did like a really small show at Luther College in Iowa and it's become like one of his greatest live recordings of all time and they did the album and then like they didn't release it or the recording I should say and then they didn't release the album for like four years so they were like sitting on this these live recordings for a while trying to figure out what to do with them and eventually released an album and it's one of his best I would definitely say Um, and then other ones I listened to in the car ride back from KC were uh, The Eagles Live 1980. It has a great, uh, you know, not to uh, piggyback on the Hotel California talk earlier, but it's got a great live recording of Hotel California that uh, opened the show up. Now, also listen to Bob Dylan and the band's collaboration live show of Before the Flood. I, I, I have that. It's an album <laughs> I really want. I know, I know you have it. <laughs> I've only seen it once in a store and I should have kicking myself for not pulling the trigger on it. Should have snagged it. It's really good. Big fan. Bob, I was just dying laughing the whole time, honestly, because Bob is just on his shit in that show. He's yeah. like, he's like singing all crazy and like all the twangy stuff. And it, it's just on another level. Um, But it's awesome. Cause like they're starts off with a lot of Bob Dylan songs and then they mix in the band. And then towards the end, they're just like trading off songs. Like they do a Dylan song. They do a song by the, the band does a song that Dylan, the band back and forth. Um, and they do it. They yep. close it out with blowing in the wind. Really cool rendition of that. 
Um, then second to last here on the way back, I listened to the Rolling Stones live licks album from the early 2000s at Madison Square Garden. Oh, wow. Getting pumped for the concert this summer, so starting to listen to a lot more Stones. Um, and then DNC started releasing yeah, more, uh, more live recordings from last oh, summer's shows, and uh, I listened to I listened to a couple of the shows that they released like a month or so ago, but they finally released our show from Noblesville, and uh, I was listening to that oh, while I was working man. one day, and it uh, it gave me a lot of good warm fuzzies from the summer, a lot of memories just rushed back from the show, just listening to the songs and stuff. Chicken so, nuggets. Yeah, the chicken nuggets getting to you. Well, I've been stuff. listening to that. I've been listening to that show the entire time since we went on the on the app Nugs. Nugs dot net. No free ads. You can watch live show shows now. and you can listen to live shows. Yes. Oh, you could get a free account though. Big fan. You just have to. Big yeah, fan. you just have to go to concerts that work with them to save your live shows. But you can pay you for them too, and it's whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I've been I've been vibing to that the 20 minute bird song, the old UJB where you just bumped me oh, and uh, uh, and and what was the lyric that you uh you looked at me and you're like he's taking me home to take his children home and then you bumped <laughs> me and you just go he's Johnny Salami's taking me home baby <laughs> oh boy what a show what a time but yeah I guess outside of that I've I've been jamming to a lot of James Taylor and Carol King. You know, during these rough times at work, I, I, I either I sit on two opposite ends of the spectrum. If I just need to like chill and and relax while I work, yeah. I usually listen to a lot of like James Taylor, Carol King. If I'm having a bad day and I'm really mad, I I switch it over to like Audio Slave and Rage Against the Machines, like headbanging music. But things have been pretty, I would say, smooth recently. So I've been listening to a lot of yeah. a lot of JT and Carol King. So and. And really, that's it. Yeah, honestly, what's hot in the streets right now, to summarize it, is live music for me. So, been jamming big time. I've been listening to a hodgepodge of everything. <laughs> Get into it. Talk about it. <laughs> well, the DNC show, I've been listening to that Bertha for a while. My bum, soul flooded out bum, of my bum, body. Bum, 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 oh, bum, man. Okay, I've one comment, one comment about that show. Anymore. One comment about that show. Do you th- maybe it's not that surprising, I guess, to you. I feel like now that I've listened to a lot of dead shows, I feel like Bob sang Cowboy Bob sang a lot of songs that night. Oh yeah, he does. But well, that John, night specifically. John's voice, John's voice does not go that high. He's got a he's got a deep voice. He's not a tenor. No, I know. Like, yeah, and so he can't sing jerry some most of the jerry songs because jerry sings higher pitched yeah that's why i just thought specifically that night cowboy bob sang a lot of songs nothing wrong with listening to cowboy bob nothing wrong he was just at the 49ers uh lions game yeah nfc championship he's down on the field wandering around looking good yeah sorry to derail though just had to had to throw that in there that's okay yeah, I've been listening to a lot of DNC. I just got on the the new yearly subscription of Dave's Picks for for Grateful Dead, and uh, my first subscription CD is coming in the mail right now. Um, when I listen to it, I'll give you guys uh, an update on how it is when it gets in the mail. Actually, I should start doing that. Just listening to my Dave's Picks, and then when I'm done listening to a Dave's Picks, just talk about it. 
we could do it we yeah. could do a uh, dave's pick segment anytime guy you don't have the dave's picks though so you can't listen but i can give you the show to listen to you could could okay we'll do that um i've been back on the motown kick slowly listening to a little tears of clown by uh smoky and the miracles uh, a little boy. marvin gay action you know i've always go back to my motown faves um Every day in class, I've been playing jazz music, anywhere from like Nintendo versions of jazz, like jazz Nintendo songs, um, just to classic cafe music, just to get the kids vibing and relaxed. It actually makes a big difference. But one thing I can't get out of my head, Whiplash Caravan. And if you haven't seen Whiplash, highly recommend Miles Teller, J.K. Simmons. Unbelievable movie about... uh, Miles Teller going to college to be the next Buddy Rich, one of the best jazz drummers of all time. Love the movie. It's phenomenal. Um, Grammy Award winner. Uh, not Grammy, uh, Oscar Award winner. Slip of the movie. tongue there. We're usually it's, talking about music. so It's a psychological, like it's not even a thriller, but it just messes with your head. It's definitely mindfuck. unbelievable. It's a huge mindfuck. But, but then at the end, they look at each other and they're like, I hate you still but you pushed me and he's like, you're still, you're still like a snake kid, but this is exactly what I wanted from you. And they have that yes. mutual, like, this is what you like. You got me to this point. And he's like, I got you to this point. So it's yes. kind of cool, but yes. he totally messes with the kid. Um, oh, yeah. really what I've been vibing to a lot is Ario Speedwagon, um, Kevin Cronin. Um, those boys write unbelievable choruses. Like literally yeah, after, you we, after we did the vinyl Friday on high infidelity, I went on a massive REO Speedwagon kick. And I sticks, did a bit of the too. same. Yeah, I've been vibing to sticks. They're in the same delusion. family. They are in the same family. But let me tell you what I've really been vibing to. <laughs> I have this in my notes. I have this in my notes. I wrote it down because it's true. To finish off my hot, hot, hot sauce in the street. Give me some of that hot sauce. Love handle. Bowling for Soup. Swear to God, it's Bowling for Soup. The band that does 1985. Phineas and Ferb. Love handle. Snuck your way right into my heart. What a great song. And that hopefully, hopefully we could do that idea about TV show songs. Because that's going straight up to number one for me. That is an absolute jam of a love song. A William McJamberger, as some might oh my say. God, it's unbelievable. I will say the fact that now I know that it's now that I know, I should say, I'm fumbling over my words here. Great podcasting that uh, it's bowling for soup. I have a little bit more appreciation for yeah, it. It's not just like some crap ass <laughs> band. It's definitely it's not, meme-y, though. It is, but it's still great. It's still unbelievable, though. Like, it's not like some random Phineas and Ferb song that's, like, made by the two creators of the show. Like, it's a pretty big, big band from the 90s, early 2000s. Oh, I'm a huge Bowling for Soup yeah. fan. Don't get yeah, me wrong there. Listen to it again. For all you listeners, snuck your way right into my heart. Love handle. You'll understand what I'm talking about. You'll be like, oh, my God. All right, I'll have to give him. A, I'll have to give him a second chance. Zero no, chance good, they're going to be played at the wedding. So you can get that idea. No, you that, can get that. I'm giving that DJ. If you guys want to do some some GoFundmes, I'm giving that DJ at least ten dollars and a drink, 
You guys that are friends with us, you could find my Venmo. Whatever you guys can donate to get snuck your way right into my heart. Played at Nick's wedding. Not happening. I will give that DJ what for a slow song. I will give that DJ whatever is in my Venmo wallet to play that song. Not happening, guy. And if you guys want to Venmo me, I'd be happy to send the request in, and it's gonna play somehow. Oh boy. All right. Well, it's for the bride, man. It's for the bride. I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. And I think that's where I'll leave that. But uh, yeah, to get, maybe piggyback on your uh, your REO Speedwagon and Sticks rabbit hole you've been oh, going boy. down. I need to get back on the Sticks train. I all, specifically, Grand Illusion. I have that album. Yeah. It, I bet you if I open it tonight, dust will fly out of the cover. I haven't listened to that in a, in a long time. Well, Cornerstone, um, too. Oh boy! Cornerstone has jams on the it. Night, uh, the night I texted you about listening that I was listening to Dark Side of the Moon, I put Cornerstone on after that. Great album. It's definitely With a Dave, good album. Lights, boat on the river. It's got a sick gatefold too. Have you? Seen? Yeah. It's like it's a reverse gatefold, but like it opens up and it's like a tap. It's like a old like tablet with like all these like weird like alien like sanskrit writing on it and the album cover like or the album like yeah. sits inside it on like a little uh pedestal it's very great again great podcasting um just look it up online it's a sick gatefold and if you if you know you know if you have it you you know exactly mm-hmm. what i'm talking about um but yeah cornerstone i feel like is also like tail end of like classic sticks before they got into like Mr. Roboto and like the ch- yeah. absolute cheeks music of the eighties that oh. they were releasing. Um, but yeah, Cornerstone. You want to talk about bangers of songs. Never say never borrowed time boat on the river. I love me. Lights, boat on the river. Babe. Eddie. Great deep cut. Stick I love song, babe. Right? Eddie is a jam. Love so if you haven't listened to that one before, I would highly recommend. Um, but yeah, no, that's our uh, that's our first hot in the streets segment here. Hopefully you all enjoyed it. Hopefully you got some good suggestions for your uh, songs to listen to after you give this episode a Tony, listen. Normally I say everything is a suggestion. The one that's not, you guys already know the one that's not. Won't go back into it. That's a demand. You got to listen to it. <laughs> oh man well yeah that's kind of the goal of this segment is to get your guys uh maybe listening to some new tunes that aren't on your radar or just fun stuff that we've been listening to recently to get the, the old brain jog in there um so hopefully you enjoyed that and like i said we'll mix it in every once in a while here when we uh when we start going down rabbit holes um and tell you what's hot in the streets for the boys here so you know, that's really all I got, Mike. You know, like I said, I've been working a shit ton, you know, just trying to vibe to the tunes. I've been buying a lot of vinyl, therapy vinyl, as I like to call it. But, uh, yeah, 2024 has been uh, been a whirlwind already, and the a tracks train keeps rolling on. Well, you know what they say, enjoy the ride, keep trucking, and if you get confused, listen to the music play.